0: Visit RobertHalf.com today. He is just an obsessive goal scorer.
1: But they have to understand I trust to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And, and the Bernabeu blinks it back. I've got a problem with soccer free throwing. Oh, oh, what a start! they can learn to is that they want to keep everything
0: secret. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, we are not talking about Christmas. We are talking about Boxing Day. The English Premier League is back and so are we on House of Champions. Be sure to like, subscribe and comment Leave us a review, five-star review, that is, on all Apple podcasts and Spotify platforms. I am Michael LaHood filling in for the one and only Ian Joy in the hot seat, the host seat, alongside my good friend, Mr. Nigel
1: Real Coker, the cognac king. King Nigel, how are you doing? I'm great. And Michael, by the way, you're not filling in for Ian Joy. You're just the host today. <laughs> you're not filling in for no one, all right? We've got some great hosts there. And just share with everyone watching and, and, and liking these comments that you got notes from your missus. <laughs> written notes for oh, you on a notepad. Show people, show, show the listeners, show them the notepad, which your missus written notes for you for today's show <laughs> on players to keep an eye out for again, as she did for the World Cup. Uh, Great to see you,
0: Mike. (laughs) Good to see you, as always. The banter is never low with you, Nige, and hope all of you are having a very great Christmas period, holiday season, whatever you want to call it, whatever you celebrate. And our producer, Des Norris, saying my intro needs help with singing. So, well, that's 2023. We put that on the bucket list. But let's get down to it. The English Premier League is back. And it almost seems surreal that we're talking about club football,
1: doesn't it, Nige? It seems crazy. It really does. And again, like I said, it's because it's unprecedented what we've experienced the World Cup for the first time during halfway through the domestic seasons in most countries, uh, winter World Cup. Um, that's already seems to be in the back of people's minds already. You know, people are already looking forward to domestic football. There's a lot of stakes in a lot of different leagues that we do cover. And for me, it seems surreal that soon I'm looking forward to a Boxing Day game in yeah. the Premier League.
0: Yeah, well said. And it it really kicks off. And I think rightfully so. Boxing Day, you've lived it. The rest of us have watched it. Boxing Day has always been so significant to football and culture, Premier League culture in particular. Producer Des Norris, can we put up the standings just so we have a refresher for what the heck we're even talking about? It feels like it's been eons since we've last seen these teams play. Arsenal, the mighty, mighty Arsenal at the top, surprising everyone this year. City second, Newcastle third. Nigel, what do you see in that top five, six, Tottenham fourth, United fifth, Liverpool sixth? What do you see in this top half of the table that really jumps out at you?
1: I see up to sixth place, it's going to be an unbelievable finish to the season. I I really do. I think that Man City, for me, even though it's it's the cup game, that they look sensational. They really look good. You see uh, Erling Haaland. And I think the difference with me with Man City and Liverpool is we discussed it yesterday that Darwin Nunes, for me, still doesn't seem like he is fully ready to go at Liverpool. And I just don't think he's going to be as clinical at Liverpool as he was. And I know people say it's unfair to compare Haaland to Nunez, but in football, you can. They are top-class strikers. Both clubs paid respectively amount of money for them. So there's a level of expectancy. I know it doesn't work out for everyone. It's different for different players, depending on the team. But there still is that level of expectancy and you can clearly see in some of the opportunities that he misses, that confidence and something's just not quite right there with him. I think that's going to be a big difference maker. I see Manchester City catching Arsenal. I know Arsenal fans won't like that, but I see it. (laughs) Gabriel Jesus has been one of the Ooh. key men and key factors of Arsenal's success this season. How are they going to replace him? That's going to be the yeah. big question. And um, it's, uh, there's going to be a lot of movement. I think Newcastle are really a big dark horse in that group. And uh, as uh, Eric Ten Hag has said as well, Manchester United are fighting to finish fourth. There's an expectancy from that. But you've got Liverpool right there. You've got Tottenham also there with the bit of inconsist- inconsistency we've seen at Tottenham. So it's going to be crazy. And back yeah. to one thing i like the boxing yep. day fixtures it is phenomenal for people who've never mm. experienced it oh as we go to to the bottom of the table no, right finish, up, finish up your
0: point i think you're about no. to make a really good point about it's your just let people day know experience. boxing
1: days boxing days changed so much when we were playing that you could spend christmas at home with your family but it isn't drink as much as you want and eat as much mm-hmm. as you want because you already know you have a game the next day and now i think it's changed so much that players still get to spend, if you're playing home, I think players still get to spend time with their family. But after that, they have to go to a hotel. And it's about the professional element of the game now. So nine out of 10 times, most teams are staying in a hotel on boxing day because they know what's to come. You play boxing Day, and you've got another game a couple of days after. And I remember one of the, I've just reminded today of one of the great boxing day fixes I was involved in was a 4-4 draw. At Stamford Bridge, Chelsea versus Aston Villa. And we went four down four. to 10 men. 4-4 four, four draw. Oh, man. Was, who got, was who got, the, who got the red? Was it, was it you? No, it was Zach Knight. Zach Knight got okay. the red. I got a yellow. <laughs> that's <So> standard. You <laughs> new there. But boxing is tremendous, man.
0: Uh, that's brilliant. Thank you for your insight. This is why we have you. We are so fortunate to have your experience. Uh, I wish I could say your hair, but your experience and your know-how in the We've Premier League. Me.
1: You really got me because Des couldn't find anyone else to do it. That's fair.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, there was only one Nigel Real Coker for this moment. Premier League classics, Premier League legend. As we look at the bottom half, before we get to the bottom half, I think it's interesting it, when you look at those top half teams. A lot of those teams have players coming back from the FIFA World Cup. We've talked about this in the preview for previous shows coming back to club football is how does the fitness levels of these players how do they react how do the managers manage the depth of their squads interesting to keep an eye on that in the bottom half crystal palace 11th aston villa your former club 12th lester making a bit of a comeback bournemouth leeds west ham your other club everton and then the bottom three nottingham force getting off the basement and Southampton, Wolverhampton strapped towards the bottom. Two changes made by those last two teams, Southampton getting a new manager and Wolverhampton getting a new manager and Lopetegi But you're familiar with Southampton's manager, aren't you, No, uh,
1: Not not really, not too well, but he's done well. He's made waves in the lower league, so he's been given a great opportunity right now. And I think it's yeah. a, a difficult task for him. Nathan Jones is his name. Um, it's going to be a difficult task for him. You know, it's his real first yeah. experience in, in the Premier League um and it's not a opportunity that's going to be easy to go into when a team is in the relegation zone and it's the christmas period and obviously with how quickly the games come thick and fast being able to organize your team and learn a lot the world cup maybe have, has helped him because i'm not sure i'm sure southampton didn't lose a lot of players for that and it gives him a real opportunity to to coach them well and to really create that identity but it's always difficult
0: yeah, yeah, it is going to be very difficult. I love how you said that about implementing your philosophy. It's going to take time, but in the Premier League, you're not afforded. In world football, you're not really afforded time. Results are of a massive necessity, especially for Southampton, a team who tend to find their way in getting the results on the back half, second half of the season to survive in the Premier League. I'm interested to see how Lopetegui does. Already off to a winning start with Wolves. I'm interested to see how he does. This is a massive moment for him applying his trade in the managerial role in Premier League football. It didn't go well for him at Sevilla after it started well for him the season before. Came crashing down to a halt this season in La Liga. Massive moment for him. As we go to the first game, we've talked about big news, one of them that we have to touch on very quickly. Cristiano Ronaldo out. I say that again. Adios. Ciao. Arrivederci. Ronnie gone from Manchester United and the English Premier League. We've talked on it. Can you give us a quick reminder of how you feel about this, Nige? Because I've already said ad nauseum. I love it. Get rid of him.
1: I mean, I understand he's gone now. There's nothing you can do about it. I think for me, it's it's the fact of a a, a top-class player who's achieved so much in this game of football, who has a real competitive edge about him, just kind of let himself go out that way. You know, loads of these type of things happen at football clubs or in football clubs already. And I just think that the way he went about it really didn't help himself. And obviously he's left Manchester United, one of the biggest clubs in world football, and he hasn't left in the right way. These situations do occur in a lot of football clubs that we know. And it's just disappointing really and it's not nice you know he's really staying his reputation some people might say he hasn't but then if you look at it right now I don't know I mean I'm only speculating but there doesn't seem to be a lot of European clubs running and making him offers and the only offer that we know about is obviously in Saudi Arabia yeah. so it kind of tells you a lot now how the game is and I think bringing in a player of that magnitude you know that presence could be a hindrance depending on the kind of dressing room that you have. And especially if you've got a young dressing room, as much as he's Ronaldo, does he have that personal character to be able to encourage and help every youngster, even though youngsters in that dressing room may not be to his high level? So that's the problem you've got now. So Man United have turned the page. They look great. They look really good against Burnley the other day. And let's just see how they continue to develop and grow. Yeah, uh, a team that has developed and grown, and um, I, I love how you
0: you've played against him in the English Premier League, and I love the fact that as a United fan, I get my emotions get the better of me all the time. That's why I'm a fan. It, it I do forget sometimes how professional he was throughout his career, what he's done for the club, what he's done everywhere he's gone. But hey, as they sh- say in show business, the show must go on, and our show will go on. Arsenal, we start at the top. Arsenal take on West Ham. The Gunners picking up where they left off, but they're not doing it at full strength. Big injury to their lead striker, Gabriel Jesus, got injured. Reminder for you, injured his knee at the FIFA World Cup. Didn't get many minutes for Brazil, but when he did, it didn't go well in the form of injury. What can we look forward to in this matchup from the Arsenal point of view, and how do they move forward with the absence of Gabriel Jesus?
1: That's what everyone's looking forward to, Mike. Everyone's (laughs) looking to see how Mikel Arteta is going to rearrange this team with the absence of Gabriel Jesus. You know, that was something we always said earlier on before the World Cup that if Arsenal do get one or two bad injuries to key players, the level of quality does drop tremendously. The level of expectancy drops. So now how will they readjust? I think um, Martinelli is probably another secret weapon. And with the pace that he has, maybe you can maybe play him down the middle. Maybe he could do that and, and make, be the difference maker because he is a, he's a good finisher and he gives you that threat where you can be direct. The rest of the team still looks solid and well-structured. So I think everyone is eager to see what they do, how they handle this great period coming without one of their main talismans so far for the first half of the season. West Ham so far have been disappointing. Mm. They haven't had a great season at all. And at the moment, it's... Uh, mm. It's difficult to put the finger on West Ham. I think for me, <laughs> they're still a bit hungover off last season's success and they're struggling to get back to, to that level and that high level of performance and consistency. Um, it really is going to be interesting. If there was a real opportunity to go at Arsenal now, you'd okay. have to say that this is the game. This is it now. Back off a of World Cup. They haven't got one of their main talisman there, one of their main goal threats. And uh, you can see, obviously, um West Ham making it difficult, but now this is when we're going to learn if Arsenal really are true contenders and have the the strength to go all the way to win the Premier League. Uh, One one part of the Arsenal team that's been lauded throughout the season, their
0: midfield, the the partnership of Granit Xhaka, Thomas Partey, and a one Martin Odegaard. We talked about him yesterday. Yes, he is Norwegian. Yes, he is a quality player, Nigel, as we got to the bottom of. Does the goal threat fall on the midfield or do they have goals in Eddie and Ketia and who will be the backup striker
1: and Ketia is going to get a run. He probably will get a run. And then now it's whether he's mentally strong and ready to take the opportunity that comes before him, because it's going to be a great opportunity. But like you said, it's a very unforgiving period of Hmm. premier league football because the games come thick and fast. And if he doesn't score in the first two or three games, then they'll already be right. We need a replacement. We need another striker. So that's not going to be very helpful to he's, um, He's a development in that sense. Then you look at, like you said there, there's always been a need for midfielders to contribute. That's why we're seeing Xhaka play a complete different role now, getting forward a lot more, making late runs into the box. So there is going to be an extra burden of more goals are needed from midfield, more contributions needed from midfield players. So I think that burden is probably going to fall more on on, on the shoulders of Xhaka than anyone else. So... It's going to be interesting. I think the best thing Arsenal can do is make sure they don't lose too many games. You know, it is a transition yeah. moment. If they can get quite a few draws and wins, then they'll stay alive and keep that fight going. The biggest question they have is who is there, who is on their shortlist to be a replacement for Gabriel yeah. Jesus? Yeah, Mikel Arteta will be scouring the
0: transfer window. Transfer window coming up. We're on the horizon of that. Looking at Arsenal's next upcoming fixtures, they have Brighton away. Difficult place to play, as Chelsea found out. Newcastle at home. That could arguably be one of the hottest tickets in town and fortress that the Magpies are making it. Oxford United away. eh, We'll throw that away. Tottenham away. Big matchup. Doesn't get much bigger than that in Premier League football. And United... At home, a bit of revenge for the Gunners on the horizon. Manchester United giving Arsenal their first loss of the season, something that I was very proud of and still am proud of today. But this is not a United podcast. This is the house of champions. Arsenal are playing like champions in the first part of the season, but we've been six weeks away from club football because of the World Cup break, and now we are back. Let's get predictions from you, Nige. You go first. Arsenal-West Ham, how's this game going to go?
1: I, I I actually see this being a draw. I really see this being a draw. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw, if I'm honest. I think also before you make your prediction, Mike, Yeah, the key game for Arsenal, Newcastle at home. That's Ooh, yeah. the big game. That's going to be the big game and that's going to let us know how this Premier League title may go or swing. That's the game people need to focus on.
0: Yeah, I I think that this five-game stretch that is upcoming for them in the league, as you said, when we start talking about Arsenal, this is when we will find out how good of a manager Mikel Arteta really is. He's arguably the manager of the season so far, but he will have to manage the heck out of this team to get the most and squeeze every ounce of talent and resolve and character words that we have not heard the last two resolve and character associated with this Arsenal side. I'm going to go with stats on this in their last 28 matches. Arsenal have only lost twice to West Ham in Premier League competition. They're unbeaten in, the last in how many? 28 competitive matches, only two losses against West Ham.
1: That's probably when when I was still playing at West Ham and we we won, yeah, I remember that. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think you were there for that. (laughs) But in their last 10 Boxing Day matches, the Gunners have not lost... And against West Ham, they've played West Ham twice before. This will be their third matchup. They've won the two previous meetings. I tend to go with stats. I am not going to bet against the Gunners in this tie, especially how woeful West Ham have been. I see a 2-0 Arsenal win. I think set-piece goals will be a factor. West Ham will get tired, and the Emirates will be rocking once more. Arsenal get the three points and a heart Fought victory in our producer Des Norris.
1: No, 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 I'll say that. <laughs> <could've> Mike's misses <laughs> has money on the game and told Mike to say that. So it's okay.
0: Influence <laughs> oh up, man. man, this is the House of Champions. Nothing gets by this group. Nothing gets by Des Norris. Well done, Des, for making my missus the star of the show. We're going on to the next match Leeds United versus Manchester City. Jesse Marsh is reunited with Erlen Holland, and it's not the reunion he might be hoping for because Erlen Holland getting off the mark already in EFL competition with the first goal against Liverpool. Nige, do Leeds United have a chance? Because, uh, I mean, they're going up against a City team that already started with a bang.
1: It's difficult, man. Uh, you look at the performance that they put in a cup game yesterday with the changes that they made, that it's going to be hard. You know, I, I think now that... As difficult as Pep is saying it is to get players back on track, concentrating, ready for what's ahead and focused on the game and team selections, because obviously the different things he's had to deal with with the World Cup, with the amount of players that Manchester City lost, Mm. I can't see Leeds having a chance, if I'm honest. I think that this city is just too good. They've got too much strength in depth for Leeds United. And I think that we're seeing a focused City team. We're definitely seeing a focused Erling Haaland because he wants to get his name in the headlights again and world football talking about him, it's going to be too much for Leeds. And it's not going to be a reunion that Jesse would be <laughs> looking forward to. And
0: Marsh joking in an interview going into <clears throat> this game that he text Erlen Holland, asked him to miss the game on purpose. So hopefully Holland did not receive the text if you're Pep Guardiola because that would be very bad for City. City do have the depth, as you said, and I think that that will be the difference in this one. Leeds United scoring goals hasn't been a problem for them. I mean, they they found their goal scoring strut. It's the defensive ways that they've gone awry. It's managing the big moment is managing the games. And when you look at some of the Leeds players playing in the World Cup, you look at the two U.S. men's national team players. Do you think that this could be a breakout game for them or is it just too much given the
1: quality of City? Have you seen did you see Kevin De Bruyne yesterday? (laughs) Do you see see a very angry and focused Kevin De Bruyne looking like the world's best player currently? Like, he was sensational. It's going to be a tough game for those U Summit guys to come up against Kevin De Bruyne because the quality he has and possesses is just tremendous. And the Man City squad is too good and the team is too good to just concentrate on one player. So... It's going to be a tough ask for them. It really is. I just think that City have way too much quality in that midfield area. And again, you've got the goal threat of Haaland. Leeds haven't been great defensively. This is going to be a game where your tactical approach has to be spot on. And also the substitutions you make and the timing of the substitutions can play a part. And just to add as well, I saw a note as well, which just goes to show how crazy this is, that Calvin Phillips returned and there's rumours or rumblings and reports of Pep Guardiola not being happy with his condition of him returning. And that's the difficulty hmm. of when you take a player who hasn't played domestically to a World Cup and still trying to get fit and then doesn't really feature that much for England at all in the World Cup. And then he comes back in a busy period of the season where he probably should be getting a good run of games now yeah. and he doesn't look fit. So that just goes to show. Yeah, uh, It's worrying
0: signs for the likes of Calvin Phillips, who made the big bunny move, the Leeds man through and through until he wasn't making the big money move to sit on the bench right next to Jesse Marsh in the other dugout. He'll have a great view of the match or maybe not even make the bench for this game if he's in the doghouse. Little trivia for you. Alfie Holland used to play for Leeds. Thank you, Des Norris, for that little tidbit. So it runs in the Holland family, this matchup between City and Leeds United. When I look at City and how they could line up, it's the fact that you could end up playing Phil Foden from the start. You could play him coming off the bench. I think Riyad Mahrez this could be a massive game for him. City will need Mahrez with the run in of games during this busy Boxing Day period and festive period with the New Year games coming quick and fast. The fact that he got a goal in that tie against Liverpool will do wonders for his confidence because last season he was Mr. Champions League. He showed up this part of the season. This season he hasn't looked himself and he will need to get fit. He will need to get sharp for City to get going again in the second half of the season. Nige, any last comments before we go to break?
1: No, you're right. I think, again, it's just the strength and depth that Man City have, the quality that they've shown. And I think that you learn a lot from the performance. Like, the focus and determination was there in the cup game against Liverpool. And I feel for Leeds. And I'm going for Manchester City 4-Leeds United 0 Yeah, I like that prediction. 4-0 was the last time
0: they came together. It was a 4-0 scoreline. I believe it was at Ellen Road City getting goals in bunches and getting goals from different players. I'm going to say 3-0. I think the fitness factor will be the one thing that slows them down. They will get the goals early and often and this game will be done and dusted. Let's go to break. Roll the tape, Des. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the House of Champions. We are doing our Boxing Day preview Nige, we come back with our next round of Premier League games. Liverpool Liverpool versus Aston Villa. Thank you very much. Wi-Fi cutting out here at the house. Apologies for that. Liverpool taking on Aston Villa. Nige, get that smirk off your face. This is an interesting matchup for the Reds. Liverpool coming off a disappointing 3-2 loss at the Etihad against Manchester City. Aston Villa, well... They seem to be doing just enough in the Premier League this season. From a Liverpool standpoint, how do you rebound from a disappointing result that they had yesterday?
1: There's nothing you can do. You just got to keep moving forward. I think um the performance that for me was the fact of how well Manchester City started the game and Liverpool stayed within it. You know, mm-hmm. showing great character and determination to stay involved in that game and not let the game basically Run away with Manchester City with just how great they were playing and the chances that they were creating. I think with Liverpool, all you can do is keep moving forward. You know, it wasn't a bad, too much of a bad performance against Manchester City. So they're showing that they've still got the quality. It's again just keeping that enthusiasm going. And uh, I think the biggest problem for them is is, is Nunez not really scoring goals and being clinical. Yeah. You know, we talked about it already. Four shots on four shots on goal against Manchester City in the cup not really looking clinical with the chances that he had, looking low on confidence, that plays a part. You made a great point yesterday as well, Michael, talking about Sane still being missing, being that X factor. Even his goal scoring record wasn't great. But even if he wasn't scoring, he was still creating for Salah. We're not seeing Nunes creating for Salah and Salah's constantly scoring. So there's still a bit of um, problems in the attacking sense, I feel, for Liverpool, I think Cavalio done fantastically well, and maybe it might be a chance now you give the young lad a run out, you know, make him be the focal point and change some things around. I think for Aston Villa, they look good. They really look good. Unaimre has gone in there now. You can see there's a definite um, style of play. He's implemented great understanding. It's typical Eli, Unaimre setup in the sense of being very defensive minded, play counter attacking, being well organized in the defensive structure. And they've got the players that they're doing it. They're using the width for a lot more. Um, i got to give a shout out to Ashley Young. I think he's been absolutely sensational. And I always hear a lot said about, you know, James Milner and what he's done in his career. And he's been sensational too. But for me, Ashley Young is doing just as great. And he still looks like a 24, 25-year-old. And he's been so influential for them. And um, Leon Bailey's been sensational. And Villa look really good. I think, if anything, this game will probably suit Villa more. I think it will be a great time yeah, to play yeah. Liverpool with a real good chance of, of upsetting them and, and getting the result.
0: Yeah, uh, It will be interesting, I think, the fitness. We've talked about fitness for a lot of these teams, a lot of these teams in the top six and teams that have players coming back from the World Cup. Liverpool will be boosted by the return of Virgil van Dyke and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Alexander they both didn't fixture Trent... It was reported that he had a virus, and um, you know, that comes with a lot of things. The fatigue coming from Qatar, he only played what 33 minutes for England at the World Cup. So, hopefully, he will be ready to go. Liverpool fans will be ready to go. And, comment from the chat, and uh, I believe it was about the potential new owners taking over the club. And it was Alia A. Thoughts on Klopp's comments saying the future will be bright with investment slash new owners. What do you think of that, Nigel? Do you think that Liverpool is in need of a fresh up from
1: the ownership down? Oh, yeah, it depends. If the new owners are coming to invest heavily, that's what Klopp wants. Klopp knows that he can't compete with Manchester City. We've seen his famous rant about it's not fair because of what Manchester City can do and are capable of doing. And if you look at the success of what Liverpool have had recently and how big that club is, if Liverpool had the financial power as well, they would be able to attract top-class players as well from around the world. But they're losing these players because of the financial power that other clubs have. So in my mind, I'm reading that, that Klopp wants new owners because new owners will be willing to invest. That means to me that the current owners right now, for what Klopp wants to do, what he needs, and what he can see, these current owners right now are not willing to reinvest that kind of money and the money that's needed to make Liverpool be competitive.
0: Yeah, there, there's been such a shake-up because that is what... This ownership group brought that look at the money they spent on key players. And it really was to help build and fortify the success that's happened in the last five, six, seven years with this Liverpool group. But when ownership is no longer willing to spend and make the project grow, you do need a fresh up. I'm intrigued to see what they do below the ownership hat in the executive level. The sporting director role at Liverpool is vacant. Their former sporting director, I think his last name is Ward. stepped down. Surprising move. That Very happened- early domino effect in your club because you need that role to be taken care of look at Chelsea and the pressure that put on Thomas Tuchel it ended up being his undoing could we see a similar effect for Liverpool this season maybe not a sacking for Klopp because I think he's bought so much time with the success he's had but that could be one of the first domino effects to keep an eye out and from a Villa standpoint are we in for more shit shithousery from Emmy Martinez will he be drunk enough
1: sober enough what version of Emmy Martinez will we see I have no idea. All I know is he better have some fantastic games because every goal he concedes or any mistakes he makes, let's just say the world footballing fans are going to give it to him. He's gonna—he's made himself the the villain of the Premier League now. I think for a lot of football fans because of how he conducted himself, uh, and I'm sure he probably wants to leave Villa. Uh, in yeah. my opinion, I think when you look at him and how he thinks about himself, how he conducts himself, the belief he has in himself, winning the World Cup now—he's a—he's a goal—he's a. He's a, goal, he's a He's a World Cup winning goalkeeper. Yeah, He's going to believe that he deserves to be at a club that's playing Champions League football. So I would say the fun with Martinez has just started. Yeah, uh, well, let's get your predictions for this
0: game. Hopefully there will be some fun in that scoreline. What do you think?
1: Aston Villa 2, Liverpool 1.
0: Oh, Liverpool will be walking alone in this one, according to Nigel Rio Coker. I think Liverpool will win this game. I think they will be boosted by the return of the likes of Trent and Van Dyke. I think Trent will have a good game, and I'm going to go the reverse scoreline. Liverpool 2, Aston Villa 1. And our final game that we will preview, lots of other games on tap, Leicester City. Versus Newcastle United. This is an intriguing one for a lot of reasons, not just because of where Newcastle and what they've been doing, but a bit of a renaissance for Leicester City in the last couple of weeks leading up to the World Cup break. nights. how do you see this one playing out? And let's talk. Let's start with Newcastle first. How, what's
1: been so key to their success this season? The manager, the structure of the club, the plan that they have in place, the execution, and the players they're getting in. <laughs> check, 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 check. Everything good Good organisations have. It's not rocket yeah. science, but they've got everything in place. They've got the plan. They've got the people who, who are implementing the plan. They've recruited well. They've got players who bought into it. And it helps having a very good manager who's managing them well. And uh, that's that's the best way to put it. They've been sensational. I think there's a lot of confidence in this Newcastle side. There's a lot of belief. They've got really good players. Good players that can go on and play for top 1% club, so to speak, Champions League competing clubs, if need be. Leicester, again, I give credit to Brendan Rodgers. I like him. I think he's done tremendously well from the start of the season. And the storm that he had to weather to get through that and even get them where they're at right now, where some people thought so early on in the season, two, three games in, that wow. Leicester were going to be relegated this year. Like, it's impossible to manage that situation. And that's what good managers do. Got through that storm. The confidence is coming back. The belief is coming back in players. This is going to be a very tactically cute game in the sense that it's going to be one on tactics. But I would say overall, you'd have to say Newcastle. I mean, the confidence yeah. in that Newcastle dressing room will be so, so high. And um, as much as Leicester will respect Newcastle, there will be a little bit of element of, of fear because of how good Newcastle are, sitting third in the table, competing up there, not competing for a title, but who knows? If they continue that winning mentality in this way, Anything is possible. Newcastle right now look like this Premier League's dark horse of this season.
0: Yeah, I think this game is going to come down to the middle of the park. Newcastle, so good in midfield. They make it so difficult for you. They sm- They can smother you. They can sit back. They are deadly on the counter. Look at some of the players who are coming back from the World Cup. Hopefully they will be fit for this game. Bruno Guimaraes will be key in that. Miguel Amarone has started the season like a house on fire, one of the top goal-getters in the Premier League. Last season he was almost locker room banter, for a lot of teams this season, he heard that banter and he's saying, no mames way. I'm coming for all of you. K- keeping receipts, kicking ass and taking names along the way. I expect him to continue the goal scoring.
1: Come for- on, leave Jack Grealish alone. Right? He apologized. <laughs> anyway.
0: uh, well, hey, yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's got to pay for the, look, make him eat the words, man. Former he MLS. I'm going, I'm going
1: for two nil, 2-0 win for Newcastle. 2 0 win for Newcastle.
0: I see your 2 0. I say 1 0. Newcastle. They've been the, the masters of the 1 0, grinding out a result, getting their opportunity, and finishing it in style. Let's look at the rest of the Premier League fixtures to round things out Chelsea versus Bournemouth, Manchester United versus Nottingham Forest, Southampton versus Brighton, Everton versus Wolves, Palace versus Fulham. Let's pick one game each. Nige, you go first. Which
1: game do you have your eye on and why? Um, I find that the intriguing one to be, I would have to say Everton Wolves. Mm. Everton Wolves would be a really good game. I I don't feel that Everton are fully out of it yet. I still feel that Frank Lampard is under a bit of pressure still at Everton. And obviously Wolves, new manager, first Premier League game. That's going to be very interesting. Yeah,
0: I am keeping an eye on Chelsea Bournemouth. Bournemouth. They don't get enough credit for how they started. They they sacked their manager early on in Scott Parker. There was a lot made about it, but they've gotten results. They've accepted they are who they are. They make it difficult to play against, and they're scrappy getting results. Chelsea, lots of question marks with Still. Graham Potter and his team. Still not solid ground that they're walking on. I think this is a tricky game for Chelsea. Chelsea fans will be expecting a result. Could Bournemouth pull off another shock of the season against the Blues? And, of course, I'll be keeping one side eye on Manchester United, hoping they continue this positive starts to the second half of the season. Final thoughts, Mr. Nigel Real Coker, sticking with England and the Premier League, former referee that you know very well, refed a bunch of your games, I'm sure. Howard Webby. Webb. Howard Webb. One the good And only one of the good guys, as Nigel says, he has made a cry out, a decree asking and wanting ex players to become referees. What do you make about this? We had a good chat before the show, but for our viewers, what do you make
1: of this comment from Howard Webb? I don't think there's anything bad behind it. I, I really don't. I think it, it will be good. I think that the ex players will probably get a lot more respect than referees who don't have a history of playing the game at a professional level. And I'm not saying that's right. I think there's going to be a lot of issues with that where there's going to have to be a lot of... Uh, past investigations in the player clubs he played for, maybe comments he made and this and that. And obviously there's going to have to be a lot of uh, management in games that he can referee and, you know, connections, but I don't think it's a bad idea. I think that what people have to understand is when you finish playing football, whatever level you played at, there's always that void because not everyone has that balance in life. You know, you're, you're groomed to be a professional footballer from such a young age. That's all you know. So a lot of guys feel that they lack purpose or lack something. And I think staying involved in the game somehow, some way is something that always helps with ex-players. I can't see a lot of high-level top players doing it unless they really have a great passion and desire to do something else and go into that field. But for players who may be playing the lower leagues, I think it really is a great initiative. And I think it's something that can work and be very beneficial to football and the game as a whole.
0: That's well said. I, I, I agree with you. I I look at here in Major League Soccer in the States and, you know, a ref who I was a former teammate with, he has now become, because of his former playing status, he's given a different perspective. He's now being looked at as one of the young up-and-coming refs who knows what it's like to be a player, can make decisions based off of some of those past experiences that I think someone who's just been a referee, out-and-out referee their entire career may not have access to. But I do share the same fear of, As players, we all have vendettas. We all have a list of players. I still have a list of players in my head that if I saw on the street, I would have a kind word with, because I'm not going to make a threat like that. This is House of Champions, not House of Classlessness. But I would have a kind word with them. If I was a ref, I would be tempted to give a red card. I just got to get that off my chest. Uh, How do you feel about that? Would you do
1: it? Let it go. (laughs) Let it go. Let it go. Uh, This is why
0: we all need therapy me most of all with some of the past soccer experiences well that is it nigel real coker thank you very much as always it's been a pleasure to preview boxing day with you and want to thank all of you for listening to house of champions please take a minute to leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform we're on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher anywhere you listen to podcasts we're also available on video subscribe to us on youtube and see you next time Have a good day, and Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all the
1: holidays you celebrate. You know what see you next Tuesday means, (laughs) right?